0: Good morning, everyone, and good morning to those online. I am um, guiding our prayer time this morning, and uh, this is a time for everyone. Everyone can pray, old, young, everyone, you online too. So kids, I'd love you to come down here because we're going to do prayer a bit differently today while those tithes and offerings buckets are moving past. Kids, come on down. Oh, Sam, little Sam. (laughs) Come on, you guys. All right, tell me, what have I got in my hands here? What's this? The Bible. Very good. Do you know what? Sometimes we call this God's Word. Why would we call it God's Word? Any clues? Because it's got God's word in it. That's absolutely right. This book, the Bible, is written by people, but God, by his spirit, got the people to write it. So this is God's word and it's God's living word. And that's what we're talking about today. Now, there are lots of things about the Bible that's really good. One of the things is that we can learn about God. We can learn about what, who he is and what he's like. And... Um, do you know, I think one of the many, many things I've learned about um, God through the Bible is how amazing God is and how he knows everything and he knows everyone. And I'd love to say, Jesus, thank you, God, thank you that you know all of us, that you know everything. I wonder what's something you have learned in the Bible about God? Anyone? Have you learnt anything about God in the Bible? Yeah, what have you learned about God? Is that about God? I don't think so. How about adults? Is there anything you have learnt about God that you think is amazing? Yell it out. Oh. That God can do anything. So you just told me that. Should we tell God that? Should we say, God, you're amazing, What was it you said again? (laughs) You can do anything, and do you know what? We just prayed to God. There's something over here. Um, He can forgive forgive us. He can forgive our sins. God, should we say that to God? God, you're amazing. You forgive our sins. Wow, thank you. What about this? Is prayer time for everyone, and even you online? You'll be thinking about what you've learned about God and what you can say to God. Come on, adults. You're something out. He loves me. Should we say that to God? God, you love me. That's amazing. You are always with me. Can you say that to God? Oh, praise God. Something else. He created all things. Can you say that to God? Thank you, Lord, for your creation. Oh, praise God. Do you know another thing about the Bible is that it teaches us how to live and we can be really thankful about that and all the stories and um, the people and the Jesus, all the stories help us to learn how to grow and how to live. Um, you know, God teaches me to be kind to other people and I can say thank you, God, for teaching me how to be kind. What's something you guys have learned about how you can live? That you could say thank you to God for? Any ideas? Any thoughts? To love others. To love others. Can you say that to God? Thank you, God, for teaching me, for teaching me how to love others. <laughs> Anything else from the crowd? Helping me to be patient. A work in progress. <laughs> Can we say that to God? God, thank you. Thank you for that. And do you know the other thing, another thing we can learn from the Bible is how to listen, to listen what God is saying to us and we can ask him to help. Um, Right now I would really like God to show me how to help, uh, to care for someone who's really hurting at the moment so I can say, dear Jesus, please help me to learn, to show me how to help this person. Can you each take a moment to think about what you might like God to help you with? And instead of telling me, how about so let's closing your eyes and asking God? So let's just take a moment to close our eyes and think about how we might ask God to help us and ask him. So I'm just going to finish in prayer and I'm just going to keep my eyes closed and say to God, dear God, I thank you that you are amazing and awesome. I thank you that you teach us through your living word how to live for you. And I thank you, Lord, that you help us when we ask you. And so we ask all these prayers, we give all these prayers to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: So those were the Bibles that when we just walked around the house last night that we picked up and grabbed. Wow. I wonder if your house is a little bit the same, that on a lot of different shelves, in different prominent positions in your home, maybe in your lounge room, maybe stacked up by your bed, maybe next to your children's bedside tables, you have some Bibles. But I guess there's another question, which is what place do all those Bibles have in our lives where it really matters? Because we can have a good understanding and a firm foundation and a Christian upbringing where we know about the Bible and we can remember bits and pieces. And when someone says something in a sermon, it's really familiar and rings a bell. But we want to go a little bit deeper than that today and talk about God's purpose for His living Word in our lives today. So the Bible is often called by people like an instruction manual or God's letter to His people. Sometimes it's called his story, our Christian history, his story of his story of redemption and salvation and work in our lives. But you know, kids, there's something really cool about the Bible. There's something in it for everyone. There are so many different genres or styles of writing in the Bible. Do you know? If you like, hands up if you like action stories that have got like a little bit of maybe like a battle or something exciting that happens in them, maybe there's a twist or a turn that you don't expect, an action story. Do you know the Bible is full of action stories? Who are my historians? People who love a bit of history, Skylar's a bit of a history buff, people who share their autobiographies or their biographies, that's in the Bible too. Stories about people's lives, a bit of romance, any romantics in the room? There's a Dan Potter. <laughs> there you go, Judy. How lovely is that? So there are some romantic stories and stories of valour and stories of courage and some bad love stories in there as well where things did not go right. There's also a bit of a future theme. Have you ever noticed that in the Bible? There's a little bit about what's going to come ahead. So if you like stories where you don't know, like there's a bit of suspense in there, do you know, the Bible is full of mystery. We don't know everything that's in there and we haven't seen it all worked out yet. So the Bible has something in it for everybody. But it's even more than that. It's not just a dry, maybe dusty, boring, old, tiny, tiny writing book. It is a living, dynamic, amazing relational tool that God has given us to learn more about him, to spend time with him, to remember what he's done for us and to pass that down to the next generation. So we're going to talk about a few things today. The first is we're going to talk about is that God's word, his living word, is a light to reveal who we are and who God is. Do you know the Bible can be pretty challenging? Hands up if you've ever read part of Scripture that has made you feel incredibly uncomfortable. You've thought, "Ooh, I wish I hadn't just read that and now I can't unread it. God's Word is sharper than a two-edged sword and it cuts us to the core when we read it with a heart and a mind that's open to what God wants to say to us. But you know, the good thing is it doesn't just tell us about us. It tells us about who God is and He is good. He is faithful. He is just. He is gracious. He is loving. He is caring. He knows us so well. You know that bit in Scripture that talks about He cares about the birds in the field and their nests and He cares about and He knows how many hairs are on your head. Some of you got heaps, some of you... Not as many. He knows how many hairs are on our head. And he. there's nothing we can say in our day that's going to bother him. God doesn't get bugged by us talking to him and asking him for help. He actually wants it to be like that. He wants us to be so dependent on his word because it reveals who he is and who we are in relation to him. Do you know the other good thing about a light This is a light that Sophie uses in the morning when she comes into our bed and wants to read. So she has a little book light so that we can still lie there and pretend to be asleep. And she can there we go. There we go. And she can read and blind us every now and again with a book light. (laughs) Do you know what? Our world is dark. And it needs the light and revelation of Jesus's living word in our lives to show us who God is and to be the light. We're designed to know God's word so that we can shine that light and share his light with other people. Have you ever wondered about how people get through their life when they don't have God's word to go to? Have you ever heard a story from somebody or they're sharing some tough times they're going through and you know that they probably don't have a close relationship with the Lord? Do you know we can pray for those people and ask for God's word and God's light to become real in their lives as well. So Sam's got a bit of a story about a light and he's going to share that with us now.
2: Thanks, Joe. Um, the first thing is that God's word is a light that reveals it It makes known to us who God is and who we are. Sometimes I feel like we wouldn't be aware of our own sinfulness or what God has done for us unless the word of God is open to us. Joe mentioned that so many of us are in darkness and the Bible talks about spiritual blindness. Anyone ever been in a dark place and you haven't been able to see where you're going but then when a light comes on, all of a sudden, you are aware of reality. You are aware of what is around you. And that's what God's word does. It makes us aware of truth, makes us aware of the reality of who God is and who we are. Now, if you're at Pilgrim, you might have heard me share this story a little while ago on your assembly, so don't tell the person next to you the end of the story, um, but a few years ago, I was, um, in, in the band. I was in a punk rock band in my earlier years. And, uh, we used to tour the country. And before we sort of were big enough to go on aeroplanes or hire cars, we used our own vehicles. And at that stage, we were sort of young and didn't have much money. I had a Renault 12 wagon. The uh, drummer had a Datsun 120Y wagon, and uh, the bass player had a Nissan Bluebird wagon. So those are the sorts of cars that we had. They weren't super reliable, but we had to choose which wagon we'd take on tour. And we'd often take Andre's car probably because he was a bit of a mechanic as well and did his own mechanics and could work out stuff if it went wrong. And we would uh, travel to Brisbane and Melbourne and, and Sydney uh, with all our gear in the back and we'd travel. And has anyone ever travelled to Sydney and crossed the Hay Plains? Yeah, so if you don't know what the Hay Plains are in Australia, the Hay Plains, if you do the next slide, thanks, um, it is a just a straight road and there's not really much around. In fact, if you go to the next slide, there's a, an aerial view of the hay plains. Now one thing you can't do on the hay plains is play Ice by because once you've done once you've done the sky and the road you've you've run out of options. You've spied nothing more. And we were on the hay plains and I was in Bible college and uh, the bass player had a had a job. We needed to get back after doing a show on the weekend. So we were driving through the night and it was about three or four in the morning that we're driving through the hay plains, and lo and behold, the car conks out. And when there's no street lights, there's no ambience from towns, the moon wasn't up, there was no light at all. And it was kind of like we're in pitch darkness. And we're like, well, what are we going to do now? And we we sort of started the car again and drove off, and then it conked out, and it just kept conking out. Andre, being an electrician, worked out that there was an electrical fault with the lights and that with the, with the lights on, there was a short circuit which caused the engine to cut out. So the engine would work as long as the lights weren't going on. So I hunted around in the glove box and found a torch. And I wound down the window and I shined the torch out on the dotted line in the middle of the road. And as long as I had the torch on the dotted line in the middle of the road, we could see... The road and we could we could drive along. Don't try this at home. Um, is probably <laughs> one of the things to say. But it's it's a story I tell which which reminds us that you know we are in spiritual darkness. That experience is not only a, a real experience, but it's kind of like a, a spiritual experience that when we're dark and we can't see the way, we need the illumination of truth in our lives, the illumination that reveals who God is and who we are and the reality of what he has done for us. And so having the the torch on the road gave us light, gave us understanding about our surrounds and what was happening around us. So God's word reveals who God is and it reveals who we are. It reveals the truth. And Carol has got just a short uh, testimony that she's going to share now about this particular part of God's word.
3: Good morning everybody here and at home. Um, years ago I was at a, a retreat, weekend retreat, and we were asked to say what were the two things we would have to have with us if we were stranded on a desert island. And I said my Bible and my mascara. And that's all <laughs> I'm going to say about that.
2: <laughs>
3: After being born again and filled with the Holy Spirit... Uh, reading God's word just became so important to me and uh, I would spend every day, I would spend, spend some time reading and praying and journaling and keeping a record of any answers to prayer. And after about four years, I became a bit perplexed because there were so many people said that they had heard God, God had said this or God had said that, and I didn't feel like that was my experience, I'd never heard his voice, but I did get answers through the, the word of God. But one morning I sat on the edge of my bed and prayed before the day started and just asked him to show me that he was aware of what was happening in my life and would speak to me. So about three hours later I was reading chapter 5 in Acts, which we did last week, the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And uh, Peter was dealing with Ananias and it was such a gripping story. I was just so excited by it. And I had just read the words, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? And the phone rang. And so I had the conversation with a business acquaintance and during that time he asked me if I had paid an account that I said that I would. And I hadn't done it, but I lied and said that I had. And then the conversation finished, I went back to my reading. And two sentences down I read, you have not lied to men, but to God. And I just felt such a mixture of emotions. I felt convicted, obviously, but I also felt so excited because I knew that God had just answered my prayer. It was like His voice was on a, a megaphone, and and I think also I sensed there was a bit of a chuckle there. So um, I was I just couldn't believe it, and uh, I was very thankful. And I'm also very thankful now to understand that it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance and that I didn't get the same treatment as Ananias and Sapphira. (laughs) But then um, I know that God was saying to me, you know, that not only that lying is wrong, but it's very easy to get into that habit and it's a slippery slope to do it when it's convenient or you feel a bit of pressure and he wanted to deal with that. And uh, I rang the person back straight away and I apologised. And uh, I told them the truth about what had happened, how God had just answered my prayer. And even though I was very sorry I'd lied, I was so excited that my prayer had been answered. <laughs> and I think he thought I was a bit weird. But um, it was just an amazing lesson for me. And it was one of those moments I will never forget. But also something that showed me that uh, the word tells us that Satan is the father of lies and that's his nature and i want the nature of christ growing in me not to his nature and with the holy spirit's help that's that happens daily.
2: What a great story about god's word speaking and being alive which par- gets us onto our next theme about god's word for the next slide is that god's word is alive and active. You know, joe mentioned that these aren't just black and white words printed on a page that have no significance or power, there is power in God's word. There is power to transform a broken heart. There is power for forgiveness. There is power for healing. There is power for comfort as we read his word. We might have many books at home and many authors are renowned and famous and you know, they, they get their books in lights but no one can claim to have written a book that has power to actually affect us, have power to transform us from the inside out. Now I'm sure many of you, just as Carol had, have had experiences, and I have, where I've opened up my Bible in the middle of the night and it's like the word jumped out at me and it hit me and it convicted me or it made me aware of, of a certain thing in my life. That's because God's word is alive. It is active. In fact, the writer of Hebrews said God's word is alive and active. It has power to transform us. So there's no point having the power on the shelf. The power is is in the book, so we should be reading it, allowing that power to transform us and transform people around us. It is the living word. And Maurice, uh, Maurice and John have been coming to our church for the last little while, and Maurice sent me a testimony during the week about the power of God's word uh, to be effective in someone's life, and she's going to come and share that story with us now. Thank you.:
4: Thank you, Sam. Yeah, come on. Uh, yes, yes. I've been so short, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Uh, yes. God's word is powerful. About five weeks ago, I was in a little shop in the hills and this young lady on duty was sitting on a, on a walker and she really looked sick. Anyway, so I got talking to her. There was no one else around and, and she told me that she had osteoporosis right through her body and she was getting worse and she could not even walk anymore without this walker. So... Uh, uh, she let me pray for her and felt a bit of warmth in her body and, and I sort of said, what about uh, you claim God's promises? And I've, I had a piece of paper in my bag and with six verses having to do with you know things like I am the God who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. So she said, yes, yes, I'll do that. I said, look, it says it's medicine to your body. So just do it two, three times a day out loud right you just let the powers of darkness that you are claiming God's promises I said and he's a prayer cloth as well she said oh yeah touching his garment yeah yeah I know about the woman you know with the issue of blood okay so she said I'll be back in two weeks time here so I went back to see how she was going and and she gave me a big hug and she said I am so much better I am so much better and um, so I went back again two weeks later when she was on duty again, and I did not recognize her because, number one, she had her hair restyled and colored and everything, and there was a glow on her face, and she's just about skipping. And she said, I am completely well. I am completely well. And um, she said, to think I've been battling this awful disease for years, and God healed me in four weeks. She was ecstatic, and so was I. So she said she's going to keep claiming those scriptures for the rest of her life because she said she's, um, she's always been sickly. Anyway, um, yes, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Lord.
2: What a great story of the, the power of God's word. Thanks, Jo. Now, I'm actually,
1: I have a confession to make. All of my children can use these things. I cannot. This is a compass. I so struggle to get my head, I know it sounds a bit ridiculous, but I just cannot get my head around how all of that works. But you know what? I reckon the Word of God is a bit like a compass that guides us, points us in the right direction, shows us the path to go. When Sam and I were talking about um, scriptures to to refer to or think about, we sat down and we looked through all of Psalm 119. Now, we decided not to read that out loud. Why are you laughing, Kathy? It's
0: got like about 150
1: verses. It's so long. But I actually would love to encourage all of you this week to read Psalm 119. It is pretty much every verse about God's law. Don't be scared by law. That's his righteous, just attribute in action. So his law, his commands, all that he has planned for our lives, how staying close to the Lord gives us comfort and peace and shows us the way to go. Do you know what? We need a compass in our lives. We're talking about having a dark world to live in. But aside from that, we've got a whole lot of thoughts, what we see in the media. We've got other people's opinions and perspectives that we need to juggle in so many situations in our life. And I have a challenge for you. Sometimes it's easy to think that the Word of God must have some flaws or some faults in it. And perhaps today you are thinking, do you know what? Yeah, I get that. Like the Word of God is fantastic. It's powerful. It's a light. It can tell me about, uh, it can heal people. It can show me what I should be doing in my life. But it's probably got a few things that are a bit out of date or a few parts of scripture that aren't as relevant today, because it's 2022 and we all know a lot more, right? But do you know what? God's word has no fault, no failing, no flaw. It will never change. It is true. And it will be the firm foundation that you can stand on for your whole life. So kids, never doubt the word of God. Never think, do you know that promise? That's not for me. Yes, it is. Oh, that scripture, I don't know how that relates. Ask God how that relates to you in your life. So I think my challenge with this idea of God's word being a compass to guide us is that it actually should be the first thing that we think about in the morning. And it should be something that we read and meditate on through the day. And it should be something that we are memorising, quoting, saying out loud in our homes, to our children, in our family life. When we know the Word of God, it transforms us on the inside. And we should be setting aside time. Should is not a very fun word to say, is it? But how great would it be to be setting aside time each day to dwell on the Word, to feed on His Word in the daily bread sense that God wants it to be. Do you know, sometimes when we're coming up and making a big decision in life, we can think that it might be good to ask a friend. It's a feel like Eddie on... Who wants to be a millionaire? Can I, can I just phone a friend and get some information on what I should do in this? Or maybe I'll just, I don't know, just Google it. Just find out some information on it. Maybe I'll uh, read that blog. Somebody said there was a really good blog on parenting and I should read that. Can I challenge you, pick up God's Word? And see what God has to say about that decision that you're coming up about in your life. Ask him directly to shine his light and reveal what he wants to show you and direct you in. In the Gospel of John, there's a story of Jesus being tempted by Satan. And I think if Jesus quotes scripture, that's a pretty good sign that we probably should be quoting scripture as well. Satan tempts Jesus. And Jesus uses God's infallible Word right back to him. Did you know Satan knows Scripture? And he's scared when we say it out loud and we claim the promises of Jesus in our lives and over our family's life. So parents, I encourage you to have a Bible in an obvious place. Get them off the shelf. Put them on your dining room table open. And when you have your daily bread sitting around the table, then can you please also read God's Word out loud? There are lots and lots of devotion books that are so helpful in encouraging us and guiding us in life. But do you know, some devotion books, when you open them up, have one half sentence from scripture and then a lot of human ideas and thoughts that reflect on that verse in scripture. Do you know what? Let's switch that around the other way. Let's grab the Word of God and read that same amount that we were going to read of other people's ideas and perspectives straight from God Himself to us. And let's see the difference that that makes in our lives as we feed on God's daily bread of His Word. It should be our first resource and not our last resort. That's a big challenge because our lives are busy and they are crazy and it's so easy to pick up your phone, look at the verse of the day and tick that box mentally that we've spent time with the Lord. God's got so much more for us. He wants to be with us all day and walk through our day with us and lead us and guide us and anoint us and empower us and strengthen us and edify us. That's his plan for our lives, for us to be his hands and feet. We need to know what he's got for us. So sometimes having a physical Bible can make a real difference. Writing out scripture, journaling, spending time with the Lord. So Tribe have got Bibles at the back of church. That was something that we initiated at the beginning of this year, so that we can really be encouraging our young people to be knowing God's word And when you journal it, you interact with it. So that can be such a good tool. So tribe kids, don't let that go. Form habits now that are going to stand you in good stead through all of your adult years as well. So we've talked today about God's Word being a light, to reveal who we are and who God is. We've talked about God's Word being living and active. And we've talked about God's Word being a compass to guide us. And I don't know if there's anybody else who has anything that they'd like to share. We'd love to give anybody an opportunity, maybe something that God's um, challenging you in or encouraging you in or something that's come to mind while we've been sharing this morning. So we'll open that up. Jean, I'd love you to come and share.
5: Yeah, when um, Joe sort of brought up um, the Bible as a compass to show us the way, um, I remember back to um, many, many years ago when my youngest is only four, and um, I had the opportunity of a new job, uh, working night shift, and I thought, Lord, can I do this three nights a week? Yuck. <laughs> um but we both went to the Lord in prayer and asked about it. And um, I was reading the Bible one day when we were looking for that answer. And it's just disappeared. There it is. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 13. It, the verse says, Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All the parents out there. <laughs> It says,
5: "Stay awake, and you will have food to spare." So, to me, that's the Lord's (laughs) humour and answer to my prayer at that stage, our prayer. And I went and took that job. I thought I might last three weeks. I lasted 23 years. So, um, the Lord blessed us abundantly through that time. So,
2: what a great story! Perhaps one or two, if if anyone else has a a testimony or something that might encourage us, build us up, another example of how the Word of God has impacted our lives, perhaps along one of those lines.
3: I was um, catching up with someone recently who was going through a really tough time had very little children, not much sleep, health issues um, and I. And she was telling me all this stuff and then she said, but I'm still listening to the Bible every day. She's listening to like three or four chapters a day in the middle of all of that and that's been her lifeline. I just wanted to share that on her behalf because um, the power of the word to keep us in those really, really hard times when we don't feel like we've got any energy to take it in, uh, having it there in her life has been helping her.
2: No, time's getting on, but perhaps one more. Oh. Well, we wanted to end uh, with a video. Uh, this is Pastor Wayne Cadero. He's from Hawaii, um, and, and he tells this story of, of him going to China to, to bless and teach uh, some Chinese pastors, and it's to do with how they just love the word of God, and we wanted to end with this really encouraging video.
6: Let me finish with this uh, story. We go to China from time to time and, and uh, uh, we train leaders. And this time we brought up 22 leaders from the Hunan province. And they rode 13 hours on a train to get to a hotel that they came up two by two in these elevators as, so as to not draw any attention. And then they got to a hotel room, a little apartment uh, room. It's only about 700 square feet in the little living room, no air conditioning, hardwood floor, 22 sat there. I came in and when you teach in China, you start at eight in the morning and you don't get done till five at night. You teach the whole day. They were sitting there, all 22 of them, and I looked around and I said, Now, if we get caught, what will happen to me? They said, Oh, you'll get deported in 24 hours and we'll go to prison for three years. I said, You're kidding. How many of you have been in prison for your faith? Out of 22, 18 raised their hands. I thought, No way. I looked at him and I said, you, you 22 people, how many people do you oversee? Because they were all of these small group leaders, underground church leaders in the Hunan province. I said, how many, if you counted up all the people under your jurisdiction, how many would it be? And they counted them up and they said, a little over 20 million. I said, what? See, we forget there's 1.3 billion people in China. This is crazy. Well, I had 15 Bibles, and I passed them out. Obviously, seven didn't get them. And I said, let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to read it. And just then, one lady handed hers to somebody next to her. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Well, we turned there anyway, and as we started reading it, I understood why she gave it away. She had memorized the whole thing. She just recited the whole chapter. When it was done, I went over to her at a break, and I said, you, you, you recited the whole chapter. She says, oh yes, I've memorized many chapters. I said, where did you memorize many chapters? She said, in prison. <laughs> she said, you have much time in prison. <laughs> so I said, but don't they confiscate the Bible? And she said, yes. So people bring in scriptures written on pieces of paper and they bring it in. So I said, but then if they find that piece of paper on you, won't they confiscate that? She said, oh, yes, that's why you memorize it as fast as you can. Because even though they can take the paper away, they can't take what's hidden in your heart. I thought, wow. Well, after three days, you fall in love with these people. And when it was done, I said, how can I pray for you? I'm going to go back to America. You guys have been just so wonderful. How can I pray for you? They said, you know, Wayne, you guys can gather like this whenever you want to in America. We can't. Could you pray that one day we'll be just like you? And I looked at him and I said, I will not do that. Big, incredulous eyes looked at me and they said, why? I said, because you guys rode a train for 13 hours to get here. In my country, if you've got to drive more than an hour, people don't come. You sat on a wooden floor for three days. In my country, if people have to sit more than 40 minutes, they leave. You sat not only here for three days on a hard wooden floor, but you did it without air conditioning. In my country, if it's not padded pews and air conditioning, people don't often come back. In my country, we have an average of two Bibles per family. We don't read any of them. You hardly have any Bibles, and you memorize them from pieces of paper. I will not pray that we become like, uh, you become like us, but I will pray that we become just like you.
2: With God's living Word again, and be like those pastors in China who memorize and and take to heart God's real living, powerful Word. I'm going to invite the music team up. We're gonna we're gonna sing a song that you're probably likely to know. Your Word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. That comes from Psalm 119, uh, that we're encouraging you to read today. Uh, but before we do that, can we just pray? And, and ask God to do something in us this morning, that we wouldn't just go away and on to the next thing and think, hey, that was, that was a great time, but that we might be motivated or, or moved towards actually engaging or re-engaging, maybe beginning a habit that is a daily habit that's going to actually make a difference in our lives. Can we do that? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word we thank you that it is alive and active that it's powerful that it it shows us truth we couldn't know without it it reveals who jesus is and what he has done for us we thank you for your living word that comforts us in our times of grief and trouble that is powerful to heal we thank you that when we don't know which way to turn which path to go down lord like June, your word can just be alive and be that guide and that compass. So Lord, I just pray for everyone here that as we go from here, Lord, that we would be encouraged. Keith Green had a, had a song lyric that said, well, I've read my Bible and I keep it there on the shelf. Lord, that we wouldn't be Christians that keep our Bibles on the shelf collecting dust, but it would have a pride of place in our home that it will be a daily thing that we take hold of, that it would change us and transform us. Lord, speak to us through your word. Empower us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to finish our service as we declare that his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. us today and thank you if you were with us online Um, yeah i really pray you do take something from today with you and uh, look if you need prayer for anything or you would like to pray for someone please join us in the prayer room
0: afterwards otherwise please hang around and enjoy pizza and each other's company so have a great week god bless you